welcome to El Calentón. We are a Latinx podcast about current issues, news, cultura, music, food, and politics. And these are the hot takes that we call El Calentón. So you are here for our third episode. And as we shared during our last episode, some of these episodes are open, available to the public. El público que queremos tanto. Um, but we also have some episodes that are going to be VIP for Mi Gente members. So if you're not a Mi Gente member yet, we invite you to become a member today. And you can do that at mijente.net slash join. Again, Mi Gente is a national Latinx, Chicanx organization with membership all across these occupied United States and Puerto Rico. Um, and we would love for you to join our political casita, um, our organizing hub. So welcome to El Calentón. Um, I'm so, so happy to be back. Que se sienta El Calentón, like literally, because it, it, it is pretty cold out here in Chicago, y'all. Um, and so, ¿quién soy yo? My name is Cynthia Rodriguez. I'm a national organizer with Mi Gente based out of Chicago. And I'm here today with my co-host, if I can have a round of applause, please. For Jorge and Aliana, both ready to go and ready to talk about something that is very personal um, to us and I'm sure to all of you, because today's episode is all about the intersection of faith and organizing, religión y organizar, and we wanted to do this episode early on um, as El Calentón because we know that how we show up to organizing sometimes has to do with, with how we grew up um, and, and how we grew up, whether it was within, without, leaving, <laughs> or joining communities of faith. And, and obviously not just as, as younger folks, but also now in our current phases, in our current moments of organizers. And so as organizers, here at Mi Gente, we wanted to talk about that intersection of faith and organizing and how that impacts how and why we do this work. Um, and what are the opportunities and what's the impact and what does, it, what does this mean for our gente? So today on, on this episode, we'll be hearing from a few special guests. <laughs> we got some voice notes, y'all. Um, tenemos, so, tenemos la tecnología avanzada. Saludas, saluda. <laughs> we do. We're trying some things. So we wanted to, to create some more space. Um, within this episode of El Calentón, also recognizing that having this conversation, it's not going to be all-encompassing in the next, you know, 30 or so minutes. Um, we're not going to get to everything um, that has to do with, with such a rich conversation, pero le vamos a entrar, ¿verdad? ¿Qué dicen? Sí, por supuesto. Thank you for having us back. Siento que estamos como en un show tuyo de, de, de Cristina y nos está invitando <laughs> otra vez. <laughs> Que eh, salga la desgraciada. La desgraciada, llegó la desgraciada a hablar de religión. Eh, super excited to talk about this. I think it's going to be a, an interesting conversation. And yeah, I don't think it has a particular solution. I think we've all been, como, hemos sido intervenidas por la religión de una manera u otra. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to discuss that. All the religious trauma que se convierte en, en great organizing, ¿verdad? <laughs> no sé qué piensas tú, Jorge. DC, super excited to be with both of you again. Um, yeah, and this is a complicated conversation uh, that I think brings up a lot for, for many people. And 
Um, obviously, we don't have, you know, um, all the religions, you know, represented here. But I think it could be a space where we, where we begin to bring it all here. Um, and we want to hear from folks también, no? So if you have ideas, comments, critiques, um, you know, we can let you know how to reach us at the end of the episode. But I'm super excited to be here. Ya tengo mi cafecito y toda la cosa. Yes. Yo tengo agua. Porque me di cuenta que no he tomado agua hoy. Remember to drink water. Si estás escuchando esto, this is your drink water checkpoint. Un vasito de agua. Agua bendita. Agua bendita. With that in mind, um, I just want to say as well about why we're having this conversation. You know, one of the reflections that, that we've had is that there's ways in which we sometimes avoid having these conversations about faith, about religion in our movements um, as as folks that identify um, as progressive Latinx folks. And there's times where I think we've discounted religion, faith as inherently conservative. You know, everything that we hear about the way that the right wing is weaponizing religion has weaponized religion. We, we are here in the U.S., you know, me and Jorge found, you know, a, a settler nation state founded on genocidal and colonizing principles backed by Christianity. So we want to name all of that. Um, but we're also not going to let the right wing claim everything, right? Yeah, I think that's a very important point, especially coming up to the 2024 elections. We see how just the right wing has taken all these topics about family, values, life, uh, all these things, religion, como si les pertenecen and and. Yeah, they've used religion para weaponize y hacer mucho daño y, y literalmente justificar genocidios, pero también sabemos que there's people in our movement who practice religion and who've made, o sea, le han otorgado otros, otro significado y han podido separarse de, de las instituciones, ¿verdad? Como estábamos hablando de, de una cosa es la iglesia y otra cosa es la gente, una cosa es la institución de, por ejemplo, I was raised Catholic. Una cosa es la institución del Vaticano, ¿verdad? By the way, if you've ever want to learn more about the El Vaticano and like they're so corrupt, they're so bad. There's a documentary on Netflix called Va Vatican Girl. It's so incredible to see, ¿verdad? Todo lo que se hace a nombre de la religión, pero queremos pues sostener esa otra otras verdades que existen dentro de nuestro movimiento. And I also think eh, in each and every one of us. Because we started talking about like recording this podcast, and one of the things that came to mind was all of our refranes, all the things that we say on a daily basis that have a super religious connotation, <laughs> eh, and we just keep it because it's part of our, our culture. Aún si no voy a la iglesia ya los domingos con mi familia, mi mamá siempre me dice Dios te bendiga antes de enganchar, y yo le digo bendición siempre. Yeah, let's get into it. Lead us into a, a check-in, Ali. Bueno, yo, yo pienso que es bien nítido estos refranes. Yo los sigo usando, como estaba diciendo. So, no sé qué otros para ustedes. A mí también, pues, que sea lo que Dios quiera. I say it all the time. So, básicamente, whatever God wants will be. ¿Qué más dice ustedes? ¿Tumben? ¿Se les ocurre? Yo, yo escucho mucho, vaya con Dios. You know, vaya when people con... are like, cuando te... Están despidiendo de ti. Um, 
que te lo pague el señor. With my mom. Every, every time I'm able to give her some money or something, que, que, que Dios te lo multiplique, you know? Yeah, um, pues Dios tiene muchas deudas. Si nos ponemos a pensar en ese refrán, tiene deuda wow. con todo el mundo. <risa> Hasta donde yo te he entendido, a mí no me ha llegado ninguna. Y me lo han dicho así, que te lo pague Dios. Y uno sí esperando que Dios se lo pague. <risa> Este, hay virgen, yo siempre digo también, ¿verdad? La religión católica tiene a la Virgen María Iso. Yo digo, hay virgen, Santa Marta, que averigüe antes del podcast, Santa Marta en efecto si es una santa. Hay bendito, es súper puertorriqueño, decimos, hay bendito por todo. Y eso viene del bendito, bendito Dios. ¿Es that just Puerto Rican o like a Caribbean? O puro, oh, o más en Puerto Rico. I'm actually not sure, eh, pero yo creo que es súper puertorriqueño, incluso se ha escrito hasta como que nuestra, la cultura del hay bendito, porque tiene una connotación bien amplia y, y desde un contexto de we always, le cogemos pena a, la, a las cosas, hasta a la gente que no le deberíamos coger pena, eh, y pues todo, todo desde ahí como que no coge mucha seriedad, porque bueno, hay bendito pues, uno lo deja. Eh, y amén también amén hermano yo creo que amén es like what you say when you finish a prayer pero I think amén means que así sea esa palabra mm -hmm. so when someone says something tú dices amén como que ojalá que sea así ese es otro y ese es el que iba a mencionar no tanto un, un refrán but more of like ojalá <laughs> right? ojalá you know that Dios, Dios mediante Dios mediante Dios mediante pero el, pero el ojalá, ¿ya know where it comes from? No, a ver, no. teach us. Ojalá literally translates um, in Arabic to hopefully or, or let's hope mm. so, right? Because it's inshallah. Mm. Ojalá. Um, yeah. So that's something that we've inherited. Uh, wow. That, that yes. mm -hmm. Qué brutal. God o willing. God willing. Otra, otro icono super brutal para mí de la religión y que la, la Virgencita de Guadalupe que mm -hmm. ahora está súper viral. ¿No han escuchado el trend del sound de la Guadalupana? La Guadalupana es mi favorite religious song. Yeah. La Guadalupana. Mm -hmm. Es que, honestly, otra cosa, ¿verdad? yo tengo todas mis críticas y las voy a decir ya mismo a la religión católica, but they have great aesthetic. Como que, so pretty. Todo el diseño robado, ¿verdad? Oro robado, saqueado, genocida. Pero, wow, qué bonita la Guadalupana. The aesthetics, there was this um, trend going around, supposedly called the, the, like the Catholic girl aesthetic trend on TikTok, but it was really oh. just replicating like um, certain aspects of like, you know, Latina, Catholic, Misa culture, like, yeah. and, and trying to uh, colonize that shit. Yeah. I mean, we, we still lo tenemos super presente in our lives, definitely. ¿Hay algún otro refrán que se le ocurra? Bueno, las personas que nos están escuchando, envíennos sus refranes religiosos that you still use with your parents o que escuchan por ahí todo el tiempo para saberlos, queremos saberlo. I'll throw one more and also say, I was like, to my last point, si de por sí ya estamos colonized, todavía más. Um, but mine is, Dios pone y uno dispone. Because mm. siempre mm. lo confundo. Pero no es así, es tú propones y Dios dispone. Por eso digo que así lo digo. <laughs> ok, tú lo dices al revés. Sí, But, tú propones y Dios dispone. Ajá, uh -huh, and I'm always like, that's not how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> pero, pero va por ahí, suena, suena, pero, suena apropiado. 
I had to text my mom and I was like, how does it go again? Um, pero sí, para mí, I, I think about that one a lot when it comes to organizing, just because that idea of like, you make a plan, no siempre se sale bien, it doesn't always work out. Um, that's a lot of how organizing goes, right? And, yeah, and, definitely. And, and we learn to be flexible. Um, so, yeah, we want y'all to, to also shout out your refranes, your dichos, let us know. Um, and we love throwing out dichos out here. Um, <laughs> so, vamos a seguirle. Um, I think now we want to move on. So we want to move on. We want to get into not just what we're saying, but what other folks are saying. Um, what's the word on the street? So we are honored, uh, lucky, thankful. We had a few people who were willing to send us some grabaciones, some voice notes, answering the question that we started off this podcast with, right? How has your faith, your spirituality, your religion impacted the way that you organize or how you enter organizing and how you think about the work? So now we're going to get into some of that. So if I can get some help, please. Um, we're going to start by hearing from the lovely Joanna Arellano um, from Chicago. Hey, my name is Joanna Arellano Gonzalez, and I am the Director of Spiritual and Theological Formation with the Coalition for Spiritual and Public Leadership. And religion has impacted my organizing and activism in so many ways, but um, really it was rediscovering the radical Catholic liberative tradition that's impacted me the most. And so I learned about Catholic social teaching, which is church doctrine that says it's a part of our faith to support unions, to center the most marginalized, care for the earth and other things. Then I learned about the Catholic worker movement, the Christian worker movement, Solidarność in Poland, the United Farm Workers with Dolores Huerta, which were all deeply innovative, incredible Catholic movements dedicated to the fight for liberation. So with all that formation, I grew up learning and then studying in my master's program and then connecting with other camaradas who had this framework as well. It's really informed how we're inspired from our faith tradition to organize. And so our theology at CSPL is grounded in what we call the historical Jesus, which means we do formation and trainings around who was this poor day laborer, Hornalero, Jesus, in first century Palestine, who created this anti-imperial nonviolent movement that activated hundreds of poor peasants to dream of a different life and work towards challenging the Roman Empire. And so our organizing trainings are grounded in this model and how our faith teaches us to be both radical organizers and radical mystics. Uh, my name is Fernando Romulo Jr. Uh, to answer your question, right, what role does um, religion slash spirituality play in my activism? I think Islam not only influences my activism, but it just influences my, you know, whole life and how I approach life, how I view life, how I understand myself and my existence. Islam has a long tradition of always standing up against all forms of injustice, standing up against all tyrants, and it is our duty as, as Muslims to to organize, right, to support people in any capacity, whether it's emotional, financial, mental, or physically. Right, Islam also has specific rules of war and combat. Right, um, so I think for me, just having a transcendent worldview, 
has really guided um, me in cultivating a, a stronger sense of hope that we will receive justice, we will receive accountability, uh, we will receive mercy, um, and it's just our duty, you know, while the brief time that we're here in this world to, to really support people and leave it all to Allah on the Day of Judgment. I grew up in a very Catholic home, and thankfully, it was a kind where we prayed and cared about others. I used to ask my mom all kinds of questions about religion, and she would say that it all comes down to how well we love others. I took those values to heart. When I was introduced to organizing, I saw it as a natural fit for putting into practice basically what I had learned about my entire life. When things get tough, which they often do in this work, my beliefs play an important role in reminding me that in order to honor and love myself and others, I must remain hopeful and connected to my community. For me, religion and organizing are so interconnected that I truly see them as a way of life. Eso. So we just heard from our compas, Joanna, Fernando, and our very own Juana here at Mi Gente. Um, so thank you so, so much to these compas joining me and showing them some love. For, for taking the time to, to send us their answer to the question that we had at the top of this podcast, right? Which is, how does spirituality, faith, religion impact your organizing, how you enter your organizing and, and why you do it? And so we've just heard from some compas, what's the word on the street? What's the word on the calle? Um, so, se la voy a pasar a ustedes, Jorge y Ali, ¿qué dice el calentón? I think it's always so amazing to me, like listening to people who, you know, are in movement, Juana, for example, who we work with, um, have that relationship with religion, right? I feel like we've all had nuestra propia vivencia y everything está bien atado a tu propio contexto. But when I hear that, I, I como me reafirmo that I still am not completely, completely, completely divorced from religion because when times are hard, I find myself also like trying to find ¿verdad? de donde uno se recuesta because at the end of the day, religion is that. It's como super normal in our humanity trying to find answers. Como estaba comentando el compa, como explicamos las atrocidades del mundo. How do you uh, like explain it que hay después de esto like es imposible and, and with that I'm in agreement with them you know like a mi me cuesta pensar that this is all we have because if it is we está bastante porquería we kind of like stop un poco en este mundo so yeah I, I feel like I've never been able to say that I'm an atheist por eso so to me, while, while looking for language uh, coming out of a very Catholic upbringing, I identify, I think, as an agnostic. I don't think I'm able to completely say that I don't believe in anything. I, I am a very spiritual person. Me encanta ir a la iglesia when I travel or, or like just receiving blessings from people. When people like want to offer something, I always receive it. No importa de donde sea la religión. So, yeah, I think, no sé, me, me conmueve mucho lo que acabamos de escuchar, and I think it's, hay muchas lecciones de una religión, ¿verdad?, que se busca que sea de un espacio de descolonización que podamos resignificarla. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there and mucho learning. 
Yes. I mean, I would say particular on the learnings. And I think as I'm getting older, um, este, and also understanding how religion has impacted my family on a personal level. For example, you know, my brother uh, was a drug addict, um, ended up in prison for many years. And we sent him to a couple, a couple of, you know, rehabilitation centers didn't work. And it wasn't until he found Christianity where he was able to get sober. And so to me, that's always been a big contradiction that like, I'm like, I feel gratitude for, for this space, for this religion that was able to acogerlo um, and get him out of uh, drugs, um, you know? And then on the other hand, with my mom, bien católica, siempre carga su rosario everywhere we go. That homegirl, even if we were at the club, she'd probably be like, deja ir al baño a rezar mi rosario todas las noches, you know, everywhere. Um, and, you know, but she's also been like super clear around like my sexuality as, as, as a queer person that she's always siempre me ha dicho, you know, pues if I had to choose, you know, I'm always going to choose my son over my religion, you know, and, and, but she's still super, and she understands why I don't, I'm not a Catholic anymore, or at least in that traditional way. But sí, pues culturalmente, no? Like, I feel like every time I'm like in some commotion of my life, um, where I'm trying to look for clarity, or I feel, you know, stuck or whatever, I tend to think about La Virgen de Guadalupe um, all the time, you know, and, I'm, and, I always, and I ask myself why, you know, and so, ya no estoy completamente divorciado, and I think just the learnings of, como estaban hablando earlier, like, como rescatar lo que podemos aprender um, to guide our organizing, right? Like, the religions have also organized, the, you know? Um, I think about Padre Romero in El Salvador, right? Who had a huge following, who was an organizer, who was a political leader, right? For, like, the working class, the poor people in El Salvador. And, you know, ultimately he was assassinated by the government, right? And so, like, there's, like, so much we can learn from it. Pero como que a veces we just go on the, like, religion sucks. It's, like, you know, yes, like, misogynistic, all these things. And there's this other story that we haven't learned or that, like, has been destroyed, has not been told in ways that can help us with our political work and our organizing and the way that we relate to each other. And I also think that, when I when I went to college, I I wasn't a religious Catholic high school, and then when I went to college, I me quería divorciar, but I wasn't ready, so I took uh, theology classes, and that made me like stop identifying as a Catholic, but it also made me realize que el texto, verdad, si pensamos en la Biblia católica, no conozco si cambia un poco con otras religiones, pero está super mal interpretada. Como que, there's a lot of cool stuff there that you can learn. O sea, el problema para mí con la religión, when it's institutionalized y cuando es hecha para hacer dinero, es que it's taken too literal and it doesn't respond to, like, real human beings. Porque la Biblia no es otra cosa que historias. They're not re necesariamente reales. Puede tener una referencia histórica y demás, pero son historias that, that teach us lessons de literalmente ser empático, ayudar uh -huh. a tu vecino, eh, pensar en colectivo, uh -huh. no, no, no celebrarle a la gente rica, o sea, literalmente esta escena, no me acuerdo ni de qué libro es, pero I always think about it, en el templo que Jesús tira las mesas para arriba, que están cobrando impuestos en los templos, busca, cobrando dinero, I, I always, it's always so funny to me how that, like, 
leftist-ish Jesus is kind of edited out or just misrepresented para los intereses capitalistas, eh, white supremacists actualmente. So, no sé, por ahí va la cosa. Y para controlar a la gente, ¿no? Como claro. esto es dicho, que, que sea lo que Dios quiere, right? It's like leaving it up to chance, you know? And that's yeah. like como una doctrina que se pasa a nuestra gente, ¿no? Where it's like, no, there's an injustice and we gotta do something about it, you know? Yeah. I, I wonder about stats. You know something, Cynthia, con todo latino, con católico. Yeah, so we had our producer drop us some, some stats to share with y'all. So it's for time for Shout El Calentón. Shout out to the producer. <laughs> so it's time for El Calentón fact check. Um, so we have here, let me pull up my glasses. Um, most U.S. Latinos, 65% say they were raised Catholic, while far fewer say they were raised Protestant, 18%, so still Christian, religiously unaffiliated, 13%, or in some other religion, 3%. About three in 10 Latino Republicans identify as evangelical, a far higher share than the 10% of Latino Democrats who say the same. Latino immigrants are also somewhat more likely than U.S.-born Latinos to be evangelical, 19% versus 12%. And then, of course, we can talk about how this mirrors what's happening in Latino America, the right wing in the Latino America, and like that relationship. But we wanted to share some of these stats because... Having this conversation is important. Just be, you know, it it it's personal and to to us in a lot of ways. Pero también, like, there's so much weight here. <laughs> um, literally, right? There's money here. <laughs> there's relationships here, um, and there's also political power. Political power, um, often times for for worse, right? And so, what do we have to do? What does this mean for our organizing? And I think. I don't think I know one of the things that I really appreciated from from the compas who took the time to share um, a little bit about their experiences is that across them, um, I heard two two big things. I heard, you know, the importance of being grounded, um, of being grounded and, and, and what that means for the work that we're trying to do, the world that we're trying to create. Um, but especially political formation. Like one of the things that the right wing has really done is attack intellectualism. Um, and and I want to preface that by saying, you know, our movements need to be accessible. But also like our people, our gente, our intellectuals, like our people, our gente um, have knowledge and we need to honor that and like lift that up with rigor and discipline. And I think that... In a lot of ways, faithful spaces have been spaces that really center that, that really center the study of the written word, of the written text. Um, and I think that's what it's been bringing up by our compas who are in movement and also practice religion. Like, not, like, no descontarlos. I mean, seeing these stats and hearing you, Cynthia, the only thing I was thinking, like, in our organization and, and like, the work that we do, no podemos no hablar de religión. Si estas son las estadísticas, o sea, if we're saying that we queremos que nuestra gente tenga el buen vivir and we want to like build power, well, we need to acknowledge desde los espacios religiosos este, y hablar de esto también. And also, that, that has been a huge learning for me coming from Catholicism hasta pensar that maybe I'm an atheist to saying, okay, no, soy agnóstica, 
I had a process in which I kind of made fun of religion. Like, ay, mira tú, creyendo en Dios, Dios no existe. You know, when you, when you have that fall from, no sé si así se dice en inglés, ¿verdad? Estoy aprendiendo a decir dicho en inglés. Como un fall from grace, como que cae así bien duro en el piso. Pues cuando yo tuve ese, ese divorcio with religion, you're very angry and you can also be very hurtful to other people who are still or who are still in religion o que están resignificando su relación con la religión. So as organizers, activists, tenemos que hacer un esfuerzo de like not be, no, no utilizar nuestro intelectualismo para hacerle, hacer sentir a la gente that religion es eh, directamente relacionado a falta de conocimiento o, o naiveness, o sea, there, there's a lot of knowledge there y hay gente que está intentando resignificar el daño histórico that religion has had and the impact that it has had in our community. Right, and that it continues to, to show us um, to be a marker of certain conditions and patterns in the world. I think, you know, the last thing I'll say about this is there's a really interesting podcast that I listened to. I started to listen to country music a couple of years ago, y'all. There's the... <laughs> For those of y'all who are familiar with the, <laughs> with the Norteño group, Intocable, there uh -huh. is an Intocable to country music pipeline. Um, but there's this podcast that talks about, again, talking about intellectualism, political formation. You know, it was really at 9-11, which we know as like this huge moment for the rise of, for for real, like, you know, an increase in the criminalization of, of, of our Muslim um, siblings and just you know, this rise in, in, in right-wing Christianity um, even more. And so it's after 9-11 that, like, there was a, a concerted effort and money put into making country music really right-wing. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll, you know, we've mentioned a couple of different things and, and we'll drop them in our show notes. But, uh, but there's a lot to learn there um, if we read the current of religion and faith. Pues está poniendo buena la cosa. We also want to hear from folks that are listening to us if you're Latino, Latin, Latinx, and want to give us your point of view uh, on on this topic about religion. Please hit us up on social media, Comigente, or feel free to uh, shoot us an email at elcalentonamigente.net. Yes. Let's do a temperature check, right? Ya estamos medio que eh, en temperatura, pero ¿qué me cuentan? Yo, I don't think I'm religious. Um, I think my temperature check is como tibio, uh, lukewarm, porque I feel like I don't have a lot of this historical reference or information of how religion, you know, has been used to, yeah, to help the people um, or in support of the people. Este, you know, and again, like in my family, religions played, you know, Uh, I've been an important piece for some of my family members. So, este, como que estoy en esa contradicción, ¿no? Uh, even feeling grateful that my brother found religion and that was the way that he, like, you know, got better. ¿Y ustedes? A ver, cuéntenme. So, I don't know why I waited until now to share this, but I used to be an interfaith organizer. Or is it always an interfaith? Or once an interfaith organizer, always an interfaith organizer. I know I was about to say, when is she going to drop it? Se hace, se hace. Yeah, se she hace. wanted to, quería esperarnos hasta el final ahí. I mean, ¿qué, qué dijiste? Interfaith, como dentro de la fe. Interfaith as in multi-faith. Okay, explica porque I really don't know what that is. Sí, sí, sí. Um, So this is my true life. Y'all remember true life on MTV? 
true life, a day in the life of an interfaith organizer. Yes. <laughs> On MTV, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Which... El Canton Fun Fact. I was almost on MTV Tres's True Life, but this is another story for another day. Um, I can see that. <laughs> but yeah, I was I used to be, you know, I, I was an interfaith organizer for a couple of years. Um, after I graduated from college, I um, worked for an organization in Chicago called the Chicago Religi- Religious Leadership Network um, that actually comes out of the sanctuary movement of the 1980s. And all the all the colonizing shit, all the um, the the issues and and violence that the U.S. was causing in Central America, displacing folks. Um, that's the history of this organization. And so, I was an interfaith organizer, which meant I was a I was organizing across um, different faiths, different communities of faith, different congregations, different synagogues, different. Um, but what did you do? O sea, get some interfaith into daily life. So as an interfaith organizer, I was organizing with different communities of faith and congregations. And I was organizing particularly around immigration, right? And as an interfaith organizer, just meant that I was organizing with people of different faiths. But my day-to-day work was particularly around immigration. At the time, um, gente actually was doing work around this idea of expanding sanctuary. And so as an organization that had history in the sanctuary movement, um, we had a real interest in like, what does it mean to expand sanctuary? And and what does that look like in this time period? And so, you know, I, at that time in my life, I didn't drive and I was getting to all of these different um, spaces on my own, um, going to masses, going to cultos, services, meetings. Um, and I was also organizing with non-denominational communities of faith and I, I learned so much so um, the issues are in that type of organizing the issues some I, I, immigration derechos laborales y la única diferencia es que es con gente que está practicando alguna religión si so no es que tu estas de pronto you know what I thought it was I thought it was <laughs> that you were like you had a particular faith y tu ibas con toda esta gente with different religions and you wanted like to convert them so I was like wow como tu saliste de allá no like, if anything, how did that happen no if anything I was the one that was converted oh okay okay ya voy entendiendo I was scared I was like where is the story going <laughs> so that's my temperature check I mean I was raised and I'm sorry y'all for real like in this episode excuse heavily on um, where we come from as former Catholics as Great Catholics, but there's so much more to the world. I think in the last episode I said Chicago instinct the world revolves around Chicago. Well, those of us raised Roman Catholic think that the world revolves around Roman Catholicism. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. Because I thought for the longest time, como growing up in mm. la religión católica en Cagua, como que estudiar en escuela católica, familia católica, lo primero que te enseñan es that your God is the only correct God. Like, that's, esa es la premisa principal. So, I remember when I started, like, deconstructing bastante joven was when empezaba a enseñar cosas del mundo y los mapas. Yo, lo primero que le traía a mi mom, como que toda esta gente es católica. No, toda esa gente no es católica, pero esa, ese Dios que ellos creen no existe. El, el nuestro sí existe. Era como, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh my God. And I remember reading something en un momento dado que decía como que religion is just geography, como de donde tú naciste, donde lo que vas a creer. 
Y pues ahí te das cuenta que ese es un, el, uno de los primeros ¿verdad? mitos que nos hacen que nos hacen creer en that has caused so much pain, right? Porque la gente practica el catolicismo, entonces quiere imponerlo en la historia de la colonización, la historia del mundo. So, yeah, I think uh, my temperature check would be tibio. Um, I, I feel like soy bastante espiritual. I don't mind si tengo que acompañar porque alguien murió en mi familia a la iglesia. Like, I'm not in that. No voy a entrar, no voy a entrar. Eh, sí puedo entrar, me protejo, me, me protejo. Me puedo echar un poquito de agua. Este, <risa> recibo las bendiciones de mi abuela y de mi mamá, así que yeah, but I still I, I, I there's still a lot of anger in me towards uh, Catholic religion. So, definitivo que in movement we need to create more spaces to talk about these topics and like sanar nuestro trauma religioso juntas y juntes. See, and that's why I really appreciate for instance Uh, Joanna and and the work that she's doing in in Chicago um, to be specific because you know when I was an interfaith organizer I actually wasn't really organizing with Catholic churches um, mm. I, there's such an intense hierarchy <laughs> that that is filtered from the bottom down that shouldn't have to be that way right that's not the heart of a lot of the teachings actually and so I just want to share real quick that that in you know. Two things that I learned from from being an interfaith organizer. Um, one is that the church is actually the people. You know, it's not the institution, um, and that's who we need to be. You know, relating to and and obviously challenging the institution. And I learned that really through through being a part of that work. And then two, really uplifting what it means to honor our faith by organizing. You know, in my temper check, check, I'm definitely warm because that's something that I resonate with. I think that people all over the country are so re are, are so fed up and are going through a lot. And when there's catastrophic events and you hear thoughts and prayers, it really, you know, we, you know, as a movement where we always come out with, you know, that's not enough. And it's not. Thoughts and prayers are not enough. But how can thoughts and prayers be something that moves us towards action actually and not just an either or because as folks mentioned during their their voice notes we know that the role that there's been a huge role that faith has played in so many of our movements for justice the first community organization that i participated with as a 16 year old was interfaith um and it's actually church tradition to be very organized right as as jorge was talking about there's organized religion and then there's like how we're organized as people of faith And so to have that discipline, to have that rigor, to show up, I think creates a lot of space for organizing and to contend with power, even if that means the church is sometimes the target. Yeah. I feel like lo que dijiste del either or, right? Lo extremo, we kind of, as in general, need to create more spaces para espacios grises, distintas perspectivas. And I think like, as we're wrapping up, In our culture, en nuestra cultura, el reggaetón, eh, los espacios urbanos han tenido este, esta ola de personas que like, are very either or. Son, se convierten, por ejemplo, pienso en Héctor el Fader, <ríe> que es como, ya, yeah, o eres reggaetonero o eres religioso. Y recientemente, Farruko, ¿verdad? That, que ahora uses uh, award shows and concerts uh, literally como si estuviera predicando. Y uno se pregunta como, wow, o sea, esta es la percepción que se tiene. O sea, o eres un extremo o eres o está en el otro extremo. 
And it's so interesting to me. I would, I guess we'll never know what's in their mind. Like, how do you go from being Hector El Father? How do you go from having a number one song, Pepas, Farruko, and then like publicly, publicly saying you regret it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, deben haber otros chismes ahí que no tenemos la información, pero no sé qué, qué más otro fun fact de gente que se transicionó bien fuertemente de una, una vida ahora a ser religioso completo. Well, actually, since you mentioned Farruko, there is a group that I love um, out of California, Gemelos de Sinaloa. And one of the Gemelos, so it's not, it's, now it's one Gemelo de Sinaloa, not two. Um, one of the Gemelos, he, he um, dropped out of the group and started Los de Cristo, who did mm. a collab with Farruko. Wow. So, fun fact. Yeah, and I think I think they kind of do it como that para tener este manto over them, like now I'm religious, so now everything that I did is okay because I feel like it's that otro bad rep que tiene la religión. Like all these totalitarian right-wing politicians, todas estas personas que han, crea han causado tanto daño, lo hacen a nombre de Dios. And, and then that's when shit gets like sad and, and frustrating porque es como, wow, está haciendo todas estas cosas super shitty, pero solo piensas que por decir al final thoughts and prayers or in God's name or may God be with you. ¿Cómo es que cierran los mensajes en Estados Unidos los políticos? Este, may God bless America. No sé. Anyways. Or, and I would say that como tú estabas diciendo, no, Ali, like that, these like celebrities either como que se arrepienten all of a sudden of everything they did and now religion becomes their like their shield, their like flag that they wave around 24-7. You know, también tenemos personas como Eduardo Verástegui, right, who was a famous Mexican actor, who's like a big Trump supporter, who's like, I get, I think now is running for uh, the presidency in Mexico, right, but has like ultra Christian, ultra right wing values. And like, they still have a following, you know, and, and that's also, you know, Gary. And, you know, there's like a lot of cases of those two celebrities que, or politicians that you know, do so much harm under, under, you know, under religion. Yeah. I always say if, if, si Jesús baja y, y viera a toda esta gente doing things in, in, in his name, he would probably be super mad. Pero eso lo veremos. ¿Y cuánto dinero se está gastando? I mean, Eduardo Verástegui, like, he actually convened, he's, he's been convening all the Latin American right. Uh, he's, He's a part of, of um, CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, and, and he did the first CPAC in Latin America mm -hmm. um, recently. So, hay mucho dinero, um, a lot of harm, a um, lot of attacks on our community, things to be thinking about and to be looking out for. And let us know, Público del Calentón, let us know, dear listeners, do, yes. you want, do you want us to talk more about the people that have abdicated and become right-wingers um, yes. in our popular culture? Because we will, we will talk about Baby Bash, we will talk about Bicilay <laughs> Susa, more people like that and also like we haven't talked about all the religions but would love to hear from all of you uh, just a reminder we have an email and we would love to read it features contestaciones el calentón y nuestro Instagram at con mi gente such a beautiful Instagram such beautiful graphics no se lo pueden perder